Well, it's a special day for our high school graduates uh, to be and for their families. Uh, you're not quite there. Graduation hasn't come yet, so don't mess up between now and then, okay? But we're proud of you, and uh, we're so appreciative of the fact that you're appreciative of your heritage here at Spring Valley. So we give you our congratulations. And I, I wanted to um, follow up out, out of the Sermon on the Mount from last week. We talked about Jesus said you're the salt of the earth. And then I thought it would be logical to go right to the next set of verses where he talks about you're the light of the world. And let that also be a part of the challenge to our graduates as you leave from here. Some of you going on to uh, college and some of you going into the military. So uh, it's a great challenge before you, but a whole different world that you're going to be entering. But Jesus calls you, as the rest of us, all of us who claim his name, to be the light of the world. Last week we talked about the salt and how... Uh, we are to be influencers as the salt, and we should not lose our saltiness. And today, uh, Jesus tells us that we are the light of the world, okay? Uh, we thought, well, Jesus said he was the light of the world. What does that mean for us? Well, it means that now that we are believers and followers of him, we find our, our part of our identification as that we are now his light in the world. Look with me, if you will, in the Gospel of Matthew, the fifth chapter, beginning in verse 14. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, when we look at this, we understand uh, Jesus is making a, a great challenge, giving us a great challenge, making a great analogy at the same time. Light has tremendous significance to us as it did in the time of Jesus. And it has a very prominent place in, uh, in the Bible in reference to our faith. Uh, some of the first words recorded in the book of Genesis is, is that God said in Genesis 1-3, let there be light, and there was light. And then it was only natural then that light became associated with our faith. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Isaiah the prophet looked about 700 years into history, into the future, and he talked about the Messiah who would come. And he said, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned. Later in John's gospel, Jesus would take upon himself that same concept, And in chapter 8, verse 12, he would say, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So we know that Christ is the light of the world. But then in this setting, he says to his disciples, and that's you and me today who follow after Christ, that we are the light of the world. So what does that imply to us? And what can we take away from this, graduates, as you leave from here, leave from home? Well, let me just mention several things. First of all, there is a call for us to answer. When Jesus says you are the light of the world, there's a call for us to answer. See, first there's the call to come to the light. Jesus was and he is the source of light that brings us the revelation of God. Uh, In John 3, uh, John writes and says, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light. You see, before Christ came, and even now after he has come, uh, there are those who still uh, refuse to come to the light. Because he is that light, and he reveals the light and the glory of God. 
But even, even John was right in saying that there are those who choose darkness over the light. And then in that call, there's also that call then not just to come to the light, but to receive the light. John 1.12 tells us, but as many as received him, and Jesus being the light of the world, then he gives us that light. He gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. And then there is the call to walk in the light. The Apostle Paul would write to the church at Ephesus, chapter 5, verse 8. And he would say to them, and this is a good reminder to us because we are the church of God right here at Spring Valley, 91 Polo Road. Paul says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You see, we once were in darkness, but when we come to know Christ, we come into the light. We once were lost and blinded by Satan and sin in the dominion of darkness, but now we've come into the kingdom of light. And so we're supposed to walk as children of light. That's a great call for us to answer. And then walking as children of light, there is the call to reflect that light. That's the central message of what Jesus is telling us here. And that we're to to reflect the light of God, the light of Jesus Christ in our life because we are now the light of the world. In John 9, 5, Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And now that he has departed from the world physically, he has imparted to us the role of being the light of the world. The Apostle Paul would say that again to the church uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. He said, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. If the Apostle Paul called the, the generation in which he lived back then, the culture in which he lived back then, if he saw it as crooked and perverse, what words would he use to describe our culture today? And he tells us now, today, for us, as we live in this world, that is a crooked and perverse generation, that we are to shine as lights in the world because you and I are the light of the world if we are in Christ. Just as the moon reflects the light of the sun, we are to reflect the light of the Son of God. It reminds me of lighthouses. I'm, I'm fascinated by lighthouses. We have several here in our state. Uh, one time I had a calendar of lighthouses around, uh, around the United States and some fascinating ones. Probably uh, the most familiar one for us in South Carolina is the one down in Harbortown. There at Sea Pines uh, when the golf tournament, the Heritage is played there. It's uh, on the 18th green. It's just focused uh, you know, across the nation with that. We also have one on Hunting Island uh, down in the Beaufort area. Uh, We've climbed to the top of that with some of my children and grandchildren. That's not an easy climb. And I just think about back in the days when that was first built there, they had to carry these great big buckets of coal all up there to keep the light going. But a lighthouse is basically for two reasons. Number one, it was to show the sailors on the ships where the harbor was and to show them where the danger was with the rocks so they could be guided into the harbor. One of the seven wonders of the ancient world is the... uh, Amazing lighthouse in Alexandria, Egypt. And this was a question answer on Jeopardy one day this week as well. 
And it was built on the island of Pharos, begun in 290 B.C. And at the time that it was completed, it was the tallest building in the world until it was destroyed by an earthquake a thousand years later. The base of that lighthouse is over 200 feet square, and it rose to a height of 384 feet. Now, some have written and said that's equivalent to a 40-story building. I haven't figured that out, but it's still pretty tall, isn't it? Now, the thing about it is it had a remarkable mirror on the top of it that reflected the sunlight during the day and then a fire by night, and the sailors could see that light from 35 miles away. And they would say, this is where the harbor is, and these are the dangers of the rocks. Be on the lookout for them. Now, that's what God calls us to do is the light of the world. Our lives should reflect the glory of God. And so basically, here's two challenges to follow up on this one thing about the challenges. That if you are still in the kingdom of darkness and you've not come into the kingdom of light, then you need to make that decision today. You need to come to the light. Jesus is the light. He's the light of the world. And you need to come and confess your sins and repent of your sins and claim Christ as your Savior. Now, if you've done that and you're a believer in Christ and you're a follower of Christ, you remember here at Spring Valley, if you're guests visiting with us, you remember somewhere else, but you're a follower of Christ, then that means that you're to live for Him in this culture as the light of the world. In this crooked and perverse generation, you're to let your light shine for the glory of God. So there's that call that comes to be the light of the world. Second observation is that then there is a challenge to accept. Jesus said, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, and nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Now, obviously, the people who lived in the time that Jesus did, they, they were far more aware of darkness than we are. We have electricity and lights of galore, but a lamp for them was a luxury. And probably when Jesus was speaking these words on the setting for uh, the Sermon on the Mount, he could point across and see on the hillside many cities that were built there on the side of a mountain, and they would be there, a lot of them with limestone uh, um, buildings there within that city, and they would show brightly. And he would say that a city that's on the hillside cannot be hidden. And then he talked about the common use of a lamp with the olive oil in it to light the house. They usually had only like one small window, and the houses were pretty dark, but they would have that lamp. Uh, from the first time I went to the Holy Land, I have a, an ancient one that's supposed to be verified as being from first century. And, and they would put some coal oil in it and then have a little filter on it for a, a fuse on that thing that they would light it. And they give a little bit of light into the house. The proper place for it was on the lampstand if you wanted to have light in your house. And Jesus said it'd be foolish to take that and cover it up with, a, with an earthen vessel, a bushel or some kind of basket or some kind of thing that would hide the light. And so Jesus gives us a great challenge as we are the light of the world. He tells us that we're not to, to hide our light, but we're to let our light shine. The challenge is to let our light be seen in this world. Last week we talked about salt and how salt is basically an unseen influencer. But light has got to be seen by its very na nature. It's got to be revealing and visible as an influence. And that's the challenge that's given to you and to me, is that we need to reflect the light of Christ. I read about the village in Rat of Rattenburg in Austria, smallest town in Austria, and it keeps shrinking. Population is leaving for a very good reason. 
For several months during the year, from November to February, the huge mountain that you see there with a little uh, village down in the valley, that that rat mountain blocks out the sunshine for that period of time. And it's cold and dark there. And so people keep leaving. Got another shot up to show you something. It's a neat little village. You see a church right there. I mean, it's a pretty little, pretty little village, but people are leaving it. But they've come up, great minds have come up with, with something they think is going to help. They're going to design 30 different heliostat mirrors that will be affixed to that mountainside and that it will gather the light into those mirrors and reflect them then from where they're positioned so that they bring light down into that little town of Rattenberg. And I like the words that the project manager said about it. It's a very expensive project, about $2.4 million for this project. But he said, I am sure we will soon help other mountain villages see the light. When I read those words, I said, that's what you and I are called to do. To reflect the light of the world so that others can see the light. We're to bring the light of Jesus to others. That's the challenge that Jesus gives to us. And the third observation I make is that then there is a choice to be made. And Jesus says in verse 16, let your light shine before men. Those who have been writing commentaries on this and studied the Greek language say that's really in an imperative sense. That is a command given. So you have a choice as the light of the world. Are you going to be obedient and accept the command that Christ gives to you? Or are you going to be disobedient? Jesus said, let your light shine before men. Oftentimes we don't let our light shine for various reasons. We let our light be hidden. It's the same as taking that lamp off the lampstand and putting an earthen vessel over it. The, light, the lamp is hidden. If you want light to shine, you don't put that over it. But oftentimes in our life, we hide the light. We hide that light. Sometimes it's out of fear. Sometimes it's out of silence that we just don't speak. And sometimes it's out of the inconsistency in our lifestyle. I fear that too often we're more like the culture rather than shaping the culture for the glory of God. And as the light of the world, we can't benefit this culture in which we live if we're too much like the culture that's around us. Friday night, as a grandparent, had the opportunity to go see uh, two of my grandchildren uh, in the end of school year presentation at Arrows Academy over on Bush River Road. Joe, I looked for you. I didn't see you there. I understand you were here. You were here for the, the choir, music banquet. Yeah. So I had a choice. I go to music banquet, and since I don't sing, I figured I'll go see my grandchildren, okay? So I went to see the grandchildren. Uh, fantastic show. And they, they, uh, uh, Katie Jane was in it. Uh, Katie Jane was singing in it as well, with our, uh, and our grandson, uh, Manning. They were the last group, that second grade class, to sing. They were dressed in all black, and they sang this song that I thought of earlier in the week. You remember this song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine? You remember that song? You know, and they sang that song. It was the, the finale of the, the whole presentation that night. And then they turned the lights out, and with black lights, they all held up a, a cardboard cutout of a light bulb, and somehow it, it just was illuminated in that black light. And um, I told Cookie about this. I said, you know, I've got that song I'm going to mention. She said, why don't you sing it? I said, no, I'm not going to do that. 
I told them, 845 crowd, I said, nobody would be here at 11 o'clock if they knew I was doing that. But here's what I want us to do. Right, we got a video. If you know this, you like this song, sing along with it when you hear the children's voices. And let it be a reminder to you to let your light shine. the other part of the song, we couldn't do all of that this morning. talks about hide it under a bushel, no, no, I'm going to let it shine, you know, all of those things. Some of you remember the hand motions from a long time ago. But here's a reminder to us from that song, do not hide your light, let it shine. And then here's the fourth observation I make about what Jesus says to us. And it's interesting how he words it. There is a conclusion to be considered. There is a conclusion to be considered. Jesus says, In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, Jesus says two things happen when we let our light shine. Number one, we do good deeds. You know, the sincerity of our faith shows. Uh, Our kindness is shown as genuine. Our concern for other people is evident when we let our light shine. We're going to do good things. We're going to do positive things. And Jesus said the end result of that, the conclusion is that they will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. See, all we have to do is shine. All we have to do is to reflect the glory of God. All we have to do is shine, and God gets the glory. So that's the conclusion to be considered. Because if people see our light, and they see our good works, And then they see the glory of God. They're going to be drawn to this God. And more and more people are going to come to the light of the world who is Christ. And that's why we're here. So we're challenged to let our light shine. I got one more picture and I hope an interesting story that you like. You got the picture of the light, bulb? Might need to bring the lights down a little bit to see this one. Uh, I actually found this story back in 2008. I was going back home to Earhart to preach for the 100th anniversary of my home church. I'm the only one out of that church to be called into ministry. And uh, I had the privilege of being there for the 75th anniversary and preaching that one. So 25 years later, uh, they asked me to come back. And so I wanted to give them a challenge about going into their next century uh, of service and ministry. I wanted to challenge them to, to let their light shine. And I found this interesting story. This light bulb, now take a good look at it. It's hanging in a fire station in Livermore, California. It has been there burning since 1901. Now you say, they don't make them like they used to, right? Light bulbs don't last like that today. But that light bulb has been shining for 115 years. Now the only problem that it creates is the guys that come on as the fire chief of that station 
They're a little bit skeptical about their tenure as the fire chief because nobody wants to be in charge when that light bulb burns out. But here's a great challenge for us when you think about that light bulb. If that light bulb's been burning for 115 years, you can keep burning for as long as God lets you live on the face of this earth. We recently celebrated our 35th anniversary at Spring Valley Baptist Church. We've got years and years ahead of us of ministry in Northeast Columbia to let our light shine. We are a city set on a hill. If you come down Apollo Road from off of, coming off of uh, uh, 20 out here, yeah, you ought to see the same spot that I did. There is a great spot where you can see this church building, 91 Polo Road, just ensconced on the hilltop. And every time I see it, it just sends a shiver down my soul, thinking, we are that city set up on that hill. You know, we're to be a light to this community. We're to let our light shine for the glory of God. So shine. Don't hide your light under a barrel or a bushel or a basket or whatever it might be. Don't be afraid of the gospel. Don't be inconsistent in your lifestyle. Don't hide the light in any way. But let your light shine. To our students going off to college and in the military. You're going to be exposed to a different world. You're going to be exposed to a lot of different people. Remember who you are as you leave and go forth. You're the light of the world. Shine is the light of the world. Let's pray. Father. We thank you today that Jesus Christ came to bring light into the darkness of sin. We thank you for these who have come to know him and have had the opportunity to respond, as so many of us have, to that light and to leave the dominion and kingdom of darkness and come into the kingdom of light. Thank you that you challenge us to be the light of the world with the message of Jesus Christ. Help us to let our light shine. We pray for our graduates as they leave and as they go to school and as they go to serve our country. Father, may you remind them daily that they are the light of the world. Help them to remember Spring Valley Baptist and their heritage of faith. Father, I pray for us as a church that together we will continue to shine on this hill for your glory and that we will reflect your light and people around us will see our good deeds. And they will give you the praise and the glory. For I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.